Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Well, I did say 10 yesterday, and then I did send a message this morning saying, Are we still all right for 10? To which you replied, Yes. So I did think you'd got it. But anyway, never mind. We're here now. It's 10 30, half an hour later, and In I'm absolutely world. fine about it. Um, it's not added any extra stress to my morning. So that's why it's okay. Good. How is everybody? Everybody okay? <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Are we all okay this morning? Yes, I was mopping my floor earlier. I was, that's what I was Great, doing. Great, Maureen, a good use of your time. Good <laughs> use of your time mopping your floor whilst we were waiting for you. But that's great. I'm glad your floor's clean. Do, do send us a photo and we'll stick it up on Instagram. Uh, let's make the most of the moment that Maureen mopped her bloody floor when she was supposed to be doing a podcast. <laughs> I was amazed at how early you all responded. I was like, what the hell? Everyone's up at like the crap. Maureen's even responded. What the fuck? Fat lot of good that was. <laughs> yeah, it might... Honestly, I just, I, in my head, it was 11. I had my phone on silent, which was really good. I'd be, I was up early. I was up at half seven on my new garden furniture sofa, sitting in the sun. I know. I've seen the furniture I because I have the exact same set in a dark brown. Do you have the exact same set? It's really nice. I have the, and when I saw it online, I was like, oh my God, Maureen splashed out. Now tell me, Maureen, did you buy it new? It's not secondhand, is it? No, it's new, Amazon. And I assembled it. I assembled it myself. That was one of the main things I chose it for was because it was easy and it is really easy to assemble. Well yeah. done, Maureen. Did you have a drill or did you no, do? No, you it don't by need hand? a drill. You need an Allen key. That's all you need. Wow, Maureen. Wow, look at you two propping up Bezos single-handedly. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't know how that company would survive without you two. Actually, <laughs> I know I have bought. I know I shouldn't, but I have bought a lot on Amazon recently. I know. I know. I should have shares in the company. Uh, <laughs> I think you probably do. You're just not aware of it. <laughs> Oh, here she is again. God, Alison, are you okay? If I if something isn't bought from Amazon in the day, they're like, she should we check in? Oh, okay, so much recently. <laughs> I got my bank right. statement, and I was like, bloody hell! I bought a parasol as well. It's honestly, but the reason I bought it was because uh, Jen knows I had a very stressful week. Jen knows this because unfortunately she had to look after me. I was at, at her house at the time, and I decided to treat myself because normally I don't. I think about these things, never buy them, and then it's October and it's too late. And I thought, bloody treat yourself, and also because I spend almost all my time in my bedroom. Otherwise, I yeah. read in there, I write in there, I eat my dinner there, I watch TV in there on my phone, I never go out my bedroom. And I was like, 
and it'd be a really sunny day and I think I should go out there and I just lie on my bed and because I know I like to lounge I thought if I buy a garden sofa I will go out and I have been going out and doing all my stuff that I used to do in my bedroom and now doing the garden which is probably a lot better for me absolutely it is well done Maureen. absolutely she's gone al fresco and I've even sorted out that I can get Wi-Fi in the garden. Listen, she's literally ticking all of the boxes. Well done, Maureen Younger. She's got a lounge, uh, a sofa outside in the garden, and she's using it. Good for you. Get that vitamin D. And a big umbrella. You've got a big shading umbrella. Yeah. I saw that as well. I don't have that. Great. Well done. Fantastic. We've all... I mean, look, that's what a win. What an absolute win. How was your week, Jen, apart from this morning? Which we won't go into. Uh, very busy. <laughs> Apart from waiting for you, Maureen, for half an hour. Absolutely fine. It's okay. And you don't hold grudges, so that's fine. It's water off a duck's back, and I, and I don't hold a grudge, as you know. Um... <laughs> I think I know next week's problem. Go on. <laughs> I, I, I get a feeling I know what the, this week's going to be. I, 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 I don't want to go on about it. I don't want to go on about it because I, I know how aggro I am. But I just want to point out that, firstly... The message came last night. Can we do 10 a.m.? Because I've got an appointment. Okay, 12. I've got to get away. I sent a message this morning. Everyone's still okay for 10. Everyone wrote back, including you, Maureen. Yeah, you actually wrote back. See you at 10. Did I write that and back? And then, yeah? Yes, you did. And then, within the time that you said, see you at 10 and 10, you went, oh, I thought it was 11. It's 11. <laughs> the only interaction we have had on that WhatsApp was to say, can we move it to 10? Because I've got an appointment at 12. Did I did really you... do that? Yes, you did. But you know what, Maureen? It's been a while since you cleaned the floors. Those cleaning products probably messed up your head. I'm not going to... No, I did say see you at 10. Yes, you said yeah, see you, you at 10 about an hour ago. <laughs> and then and then when it was 10 and you were like, oh, I thought it was 11. I was like, oh, okay. Well, let's not bother sending messages to each other anymore because they mean nothing. <laughs> They mean absolutely nothing. Uh, I've been up since half seven as well. None of this is helping how I feel about this whole situation. Don't, Maureen, Maureen, okay? Maureen. <laughs> say you were ill. You went back to bed. Create. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Apart from this morning, how's your week been, Jen? Well, uh, my week was not. Uh, it was very busy and uh, quite stressful. That's what, how my week was. Um, and I worked Tuesday to Sunday. So I, um, and it's Monday, so that that might give you an indication of where my mood is, Maureen. And then that's why I'm a little bit, I haven't had any time off. But, you know, other than that, living the Vida Loca, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> what did I do? I did the Brighton Comedy Garden on Saturday, and that was really nice. Oh. Uh, and that was local, as we all know. I live in Brighton, so that was lovely. And then uh, Sunday, I was at the Open Air Theatre in Regent's Park as well. Yeah, because Angie McAvoy went to see you. Yes, Angie McAvoy did go um, to the show. I hope she enjoyed it. Do you, do you know, I did the Comedy Store early show. It's now at 6.30 and I was on in the first half. I was finished by 7.30. Finished by 7.30. That's brilliant. I mean, that's beautiful. Oh, for a comic, it? that is just un unheard Well, I think of. for anyone that's got to work 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah it's intense 20 minutes it's a very intense 20 minutes but you guys oh, don't don't belittle what we do we gotta travel we gotta plan we gotta well, for the comedy store it takes me about half an hour to get there it takes uh, like 20 minutes to get there <laughs> look it's i'm gonna come up with some stuff i'm going to amsterdam soon and um and i've got montreal and so listen i'm gonna have a whole load of stuff to talk about then i'll have to, i'll be able to talk to you about canals and and what's that stuff that you like? Poutine? Is it poutine? Is that what I've got? To... I was just going to say you better I'm, have some. I'm going to be talking about maple syrup, poutine, and uh, and uh, gouda cheese for about three Ooh. weeks. So strap yourselves Ooh. in, guys, because that's what we're going to be talking about. It's not. I'm not even going to mention work because work. There will be no. Well, I actually, I'm literally going for work, but I won't be mentioning it. I will just be mentioning the sheer joy that I will be experiencing abroad. In the worlds of Amsterdam, de Pontreal, le Babadam Dam. So, um, but uh, anyway, today the sun is shining. I'm going to go for a swim later so uh, this I. afternoon. Maureen is Yay. as well. And all, all, all's well with the world. Um, Alison, what have you been up to? 
I I actually did something this week. I took three days off. We took three days off, and we went to uh, we rented a cottage. <gasps> Um, oh, yeah, by Hebden Bridge, great. everyone. Yes, gorgeous yeah. up that way. It was beautiful. Uh, and it was like, it built into the side of the hill. So the whole wall, uh, living room wall was uh, windows. So oh. you could just see yeah. greenery. I think like it was just. I saw a picture. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, but we were in the middle of fucking nowhere because we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> we thought there was a pub nearby. We Oh, there was a pub. But it was one of those pubs where you walk in and everyone looks at you oh, like, okay. you ain't from here. And I was like, the oh, we're not hanging out here. <laughs> and then and then I said to the woman, I was like, oh, do you guys do food? Because we made a reservation. There's another place with the exact same name uh, <laughs> further away. Uh, that is where we made the reservation, not at this location. And she's like, food? Oh. That- food? I was like, Sorry, never mind. Uh, I didn't even see packets crisps. And then she goes, I don't know, you're gonna you're gonna have to go uh, you're gonna have to go on the internet to try and find food. Wow. And that's when I was like, I'm leaving this establishment. Thank you very much. Uh, She's like, do you want me to help you get on the internet? I was like, no, I'm good with that. I got that one. Thanks, lady. Uh, so we were in deliverance, uh, but it was uh, we had a lovely time. It was really nice. I saw Danny's yeah. photographs. They were enlightening. Oh, did you? Oh, did his naked shots. Yeah, I saw his nude shots on. On my boyfriend has this. He just likes to pull his bum out. He likes to put his bum. He's like standing on tall things, big buildings, and with his butt his out. Bum. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. I mean, I'm, he stood there yeah. proud, and you know, he looked great. They did a shot where his buck cheeks are right up against uh, the pressed window. Against the window. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and my friend Rick was taking the shot, so Rick was down below, and at one point, I just heard Rick go. No, too much, too much uh, hang. You got too much hang there. Okay. Too much hang. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> Lucky girl, Allison. What can I say? He's got too much hang, everyone. That's what, that's what got me. Do you know what? Uh, I did think when I looked at that photo, I went, he, he, he's really um, got the angle right there. Because he could have seen, uh, so, yeah, there could have been. His bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah there yeah. could have been a couple of. Bits of veg hanging there that I know. Yeah. Thanks, no Rick. To see. Thanks, Rick, again for uh, warning us on the low hang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but you know, uh, do, feel free to check those photographs. <laughs> Danny, Danny Sutcliffe, get out there. He'd be very Danny happy, Sutcliffe everyone. Instagram, uh, and you'll see his <laughs> courageous backside um, in all its glory. Uh, Alison, that, uh, I, I think that sounds great, and also I, I love it round there, and I think Hebson Bridge is beautiful. It's that part really of Yorkshire is. I really, really like a lot. Oh. So beautiful. Uh, and yeah. it's gorgeous. Um, well, well done. You've, you are the, you're really the only one that's actually had anything of note to say. And, I've, hey. and, that's, and that's fine. And that's fine. Maureen, not to detract from your sofa in the garden. I'm very pleased uh, with you, Maureen. I'm very pleased. That's also yeah. a real uh, winner. I, again, I think I've let the side down. But we'll, we'll, well, I'll come back better and stronger next week. And then you'll, you wait. You'll be like, ah, oh, she's. Look at the week she's, she's had. had a yeah. week with the. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's the end of our weeks. Um, it, it was partly a goat, wasn't it? That, and partly a be more Maureen. And partly an Ask Alison. Um, if you're wondering, well, when did Ask Alison fit in? It was just her trying to diffuse the situation, as Alison always says. <laughs> Thanks for noticing my delicate work. All right, uh, when two friends have a fight. Uh, uh, just yeah, a little bit no, of distraction there. Um, anyway, it's time. Uh, I don't know why we have to do this, but apparently it's a contractually <laughs> I've got to go back to Maureen and apparently she's got another bloody beam or Maureen moment. I messaged Jen, I have just put olive oil in my eyes. <laughs> and I was like, sitting there going, why is it so blurred? I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> it was oh. fine in the end. But I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and Jen was there. So I spent the weekend at Jen's and we went to go to Lagoon, Lagoon, whatever, Hove Lagoon or whatever it's called. Okay. I mean, already this isn't, this is inaccurate. We, we went <laughs> to this, we went to the beach is what we did. And yeah, we, went we went for we a walk. walk. To the lagoon. And Ooh. I know, but I need to be clear when I say the lagoon. I said to Maureen, it's an area, it's a playground and they call it the lagoon. And Maureen went, where's the lagoon? And I went, okay, I just want you to be clear. It's not a lagoon. It's called the lagoon, Brighton Lagoon, but it's essentially a pond, 
a man-made pond where they do water sports. And I made that very clear to Maureen. And Maureen went, I can't wait to see the lagoon. And I kept saying, <laughs> Maureen, there's no lagoon. Do carry on. So anyway, we got uh, to the area where the lagoon is. And I went, oh, is that the lagoon? Jen just looked at me and went, that's the paddling pool. <sighs> she goes, how could you do water sports? Apart from the fact that the water was ankle deep. I said, <laughs> how are you going to wakeboard on that, Maureen? Uh, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you, I don't I don't know if you can imagine getting a windsurf board onto that. Uh, I don't think it's possible, given that the water doesn't even cover my feet. Uh, yeah, and what <laughs> I had failed to see was the actual lagoon, which was kind of behind it. We did that thing that British people do. It was really windy weather. We just pretended it was sunny and sat outside in the, in the wind, strong wind. And then um, we were walking away and then we couldn't find Chloe in that. And Chloe went to buy the children ice cream. So I pulled a face and Jen went, oh, can Maureen, Maureen, can our other child have an ice cream as well? So Chloe got me an ice cream. And then we were taking some photos. And I don't, I don't he remember hearing this, but basically they asked for the whoa, children. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. Stop. I can already see you haven't set this up. We've got no idea of the context of what is going on. You're going to deliver a punchline with no with no setup, as as is your want to do, Maureen Younger. So just stop there. We have gone to meet some of Chloe's friends. Okay, nice friends. They have two of their own children. Okay, and uh, we've all been hanging out, and um, and one of Chloe, like one of Chloe's friends is that is actually a quite big fan of Maureen. Loves Maureen. Loves what she does. Da, da, da. So she's a little bit like a little bit starstruck to have met Warren, okay? Um, and um, uh, so we're, we've we've had a you know, despite the fact that we're in a gale force wind and we all feel like we've had the ship kicked out of us by the wind, we've had quite a nice afternoon, I think. Okay, we're walking back. The kids have all got my ice creams. Obviously, I'm including Warren in that. Um, and at one point. Uh, we say, oh, look, here are all the beach huts, you know, the beach huts in Hove. And we, and we find a, a really brightly coloured one. It's, it's a really beautiful coloured uh, beach hut. We're like, um, great, it's a perfect place. Let's have a picture of the kids. So, so let's get all the kids together and let's have a photograph. So all the kids walk towards the beach hut and Maureen <laughs> joins the children. And we're all like, Maureen, what are you doing? She went, we're doing a photograph. We were like... Of the children. We're doing a photograph <laughs> of the children. That's why we said, let's get the kids together and have a photograph. And Maury just stood there and went, oh. And we were like, do you know what? Fine, let's do a photograph with Maury. <laughs> and the kids. We did one of Maureen and the kids. We did one of Maureen solo. Uh, it became pretty much a photo a shoot of Mo <laughs> Maureen Younger. And, and by, by, by the way, it wasn't just me taking photographs. Chloe took photographs. Chloe's friends were taking photographs. Mm. Well, uh, that that's basically what happened and then at the end I was like why did you walk up when we said and you went Maureen was like oh I I didn't hear the kids thing I just heard let's have a photograph and I was like let what part of let's all, get all the kids together let's get the children together and it was just the children the adults were all on the other side apart from me <laughs> yeah okay so that was that um I love that you had a child photo shoot, Maureen. I think that's amazing. <laughs> the woman who was so non-child oriented, and now we've got a series of photos with Maureen and children. And, and you know, of course, when Maureen was there, it was like in front of two of the children. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay, well. <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah, that, that. Uh, all the parents looking at, Maureen going, okay, well, all right, fine, let's do it. <laughs> well, Maureen, it, it, it was, it, once again, it was lovely to be there to witness it. Um, and I hope you enjoyed your ice cream. It was, it was nice. It was a magnum. It was nice, wasn't it? It was a nice one. What did you have in the end? I can't magnum. remember. You had a magnum. I'm glad you didn't have one of those blue ice creams. Oh, the kids had bubble, bubble gum ice cream. Oh, yeah. It stains everything. It looks everything. really natural. Just all blue. Oh, Alison. On what their legs. That? It, <laughs> it was it, on their legs, wasn't it? It was on their arms. It was all over their faces. You got to scrub them. You got to scrub them to get that blue off. That's I know. Right. And I'm like, I'm letting my children ingest this, and I can't get it off their skin. <laughs> what is going on? 
their organs even look pretty Warren today. was like that looks disgusting and I yeah. thought Warren even thinks I it was like, gross it was no. like yeah you're absolutely right it looked grim anyway uh, we did enjoy it and uh, Maureen was as Maureen always is uh, a, a be more Maureen younger thank, that was brilliant thank you Maureen for filling in that much needed gap in our podcast um, but now again we're going to turn back to somebody who always makes the sense and has all of the advices yes it's time to uh, uh, ask Alison go to the gym get it together pay your taxes and stop eating chips take my advice Take my advice, I ain't using it. <laughs> I just can't get the image of Maureen and a bunch of children taking pictures. Please send me some of them because I yeah. would like to see. <laughs> I think Chloe's got them. I think Chloe's got them, yeah. Oh I've, my I've, God. I've got I've got a couple of Maureen on her own. Um but yeah, I'll, I'll happily forward those for the WTB podcast Instagram. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um well, again, hey, people writing in with problems, thank you so very much. Uh, this one, not so much of a problem, uh, but I really loved it. So we're going to talk about this today. Um, this is from Joe in New Zealand. Now, Jen, you looked up how to pronounce it correctly. How, how do we, oh, and we might butcher it. Holy moly, I've forgotten already how to say it. Aotearoa. Aotearoa. Something. There we go. That I'm sounds so much sorry better. that's wrong. We, but we're trying. Joe, I apologize. I, apologize. I, I you know, uh, this Canadian ear. Uh, but our so tower. from New Zealand, Joe, thank you so much. She said she loves our show. We love you too, Joe. Um, she even said this. Look, I don't often read the nice things that people write, but I'm going to do it. I don't care. Let's do this before the problem. What a breath of fresh air. Um, it has me guffaw in public. In fact, I cry laughed so hard on the train one morning. The person sitting beside me offered me a tissue. Oh. Thank you, Joe. We love you. Oh. That's so nice. Um, okay, so oh, also she said she's constantly delighted to see Maureen's tales and can relate to these. Well, I, I mean, hope you enjoyed listen, this one today, I've Joe. So I hope you liked Joe, this one, Joe. For heaven's sake! <laughs> oh, we loved it. So um, she had an idea for Ask Allison, which I really loved. So an idea for Ask Allison segment could be to raise aware awareness of neurodiversity, such as ADHD. I know several female friends who have been diagnosed in their 40s, and it's been life-changing to understand more about our quirky yet brilliant brains. I absolutely agree, Joe. And it's funny because I've just been listening to some podcasts specifically about ADHD and women and the diagnosis. So I'm so glad that you uh, you mentioned this. So uh, what is meant by neurodiversity? For those of you who don't know, it's just uh, certain brains, uh, the, the way our brains work. So a lot of neurodiversity things are like ADHD, autism, dyspraxia, dyslexia. Um, there's, there's so many Tourette's. Um, so it's just kind of the way some brains work, essentially. Um, we all have our talents and challenges. So this is the different ways. But so ADHD uh, was first mentioned in 1902 from a British pediatrician. Just want to give you guys a shout out. Well done. It came from Britain, uh, who described it as an abnormal defect of moral control in children. He found that some affected children could not control their behavior in a typical way, but they were still very smart and intelligent. Then what happened is as uh, this exploration went on, the difference between uh, boys and girls is many times boys who have ADHD, it is um, uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, I believe that is. Yeah. So they... Uh, they act out. They they are hyper. Uh, they often have trouble sitting still. They fidget. So boys were uh, really early days identified. However, girls, it was not identified because what girls tend to do is go inward. They become quiet. They get in their heads. They overanalyze, often anxiety, people-pleasing behavior, quiet. Now, this could be because society teaches girls to be, you know, sweet and quiet. And But it, it, I think it is just more the way the brains work. So boys would act out. Girls would go inward. So a lot of times, early testing, it was only done on boys. So for many years, they just thought it was only boys that were having ADHD. As we're learning more and more, um, we're realizing that, you know, women, we were kind of neglected in regards to looking into this. So uh, ADHD 
in women, like I said, it it really comes up as like um, anxiety, depression. Uh, we go inward. We we have stress inside, anxiety. We don't want to upset anyone. Um, other symptoms, okay, as we become uh, a little bit older, as we grow up, because again, we're girls with ADHD, then we grew into women with ADHD. So some things are a for- forgetfulness, trouble paying attention, problems with organization. Um, as we become women, here's big things, big indicators, okay? Compulsive overeating, chronic lack of sleep, uh, drinking too much alcohol, maybe smoking too much pot, uh, daydreaming, uh, trouble focusing, feeling anxious or sad, exhibiting silliness or apparent ditziness, acting shy or inattentive, trouble maintaining friendships, um, picking at skin or cuticles. So self, again, it's all about doing self things, not, you know, um, being a perfectionist, uh, compulsive shopping. That is a very big one in women right now. Uh, and again, the, the people pleasing. Um, so these are all behaviors that now we're really beginning to identify. And I think like so many women slip through the cracks. Um, and and it's interesting now when you think about it, because I mean, there was a, uh, generations of women that, that we weren't even, no one identified us or looked at it. So there are a lot of people now uh, looking into things. I know in the UK, you can go to adhduk.co.uk, um, diagnosis pathways. That will kind of give you the steps that you can go, that you can follow if you want to get tested for ADHD. Yes, there is a long waiting list in all countries right now. So in Britain, there is a waiting list if you go through the NHS. Canada, is it four months? Alex just said four months. Yeah, in four years. Is that what you just said? Oh my God, it's a long waiting list. But there are other ways to go about doing it. Yes, private, you know, looking into it costs you a bit of money, but there are other things out there. So um, it does take a while, but I highly encourage you to look into possible testing that you can get done just to see uh, because I think it's crazy that we've lived our whole lives without even understanding that our brains are operating a certain way. And it's almost like we've been fighting it all these years. So I just wanted to say thanks to Joe so much for even just flagging this up. Uh, there's so much that I could talk about, uh, but those were some indications of some ADHD symptoms in women that I thought maybe like the skin picking, the, the excessive shopping, things like that. Uh, it was just very interesting to me. So um, again, Women, I can't encourage you enough, even if it takes a long time, let's look into getting signed up. Let's look into exploring this further. Um, it's not always about getting on medication. There, It's just good to know how your brain works. Um, and a lot of these symptoms, too, I thought it was interesting because they fall into that perimenopause, menopause stuff. Um, and so sometimes I'm like, God, how many women are thinking they're in perimenopause when m- maybe it's just this ADD symptoms that they've never been diagnosed? Anyway. It's wild. It's an exciting world. Uh, We know more than we ever have before. So if you're a woman, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, who cares? I really encourage you to go look into it and find out that if if you've been walking around with this in your brain all this time. I've heard some women say they got on medication and they were like, I can't believe how quiet my brain is. I've lived my whole life with noise, with things going on, with not being able to, and now it's quiet. So and I, I can... know someone who that happened to, but I think it was in their forties, and they're now. I know, lo- I know, I know loads of people actually. Yeah, weirdly, it's made a real difference to their lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just I, but really recently, really recently, yeah. Um, somebody who's on it and um, had suffered from really extreme anxiety um, and depression, and. Um, uh, is now like she's like I cannot believe nobody told me about this years ago, um, and and yeah, her life's been so much easier. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I I, th- I think it's it's difficult here in this country. Um, I don't know. Obviously, we've got people who live um, all over the world and listening to all this. So world, yeah. I don't know. Your healthcare system might not be under so much duress. Um, but certainly our NHS is on its knees uh, from chronic underfunding. We won't go into it. But, um, uh, and dismantling and privatisation. But um, uh, yes, it would be very difficult to get that assessment on the NHS, you know, unless you are prepared to to wait (laughs) four years. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can afford to go privately, uh, that's that's something to think about. And also, um, if it's really affecting your mental health, I think you can go to your GP and yeah, and make an appeal for a, for yeah. a, you know to 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 see if they can um, you know not. I don't think they, anyone can accelerate it, but maybe I don't know. Maybe you can get a, a quicker referral. But anyway, thanks so much, Alison. That's really good uh, advice, and also it shows you the array of symptoms. And and also to say, if you do have ADHD, it doesn't mean you've got all of those symptoms at no, all. No. That, and 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 also there are other symptoms. That's just to say that these are some of them. And if you have, you like, I would say more than three you know, maybe look into it and, and see if it's something that... Well, that website that I told you about, adhduk.co.uk, they actually have a test that okay. you can fill in. And so they ask, because they're like, step number one, let's look at just what you can assess right now on your own. And then step number two is contact your GP, even if it takes a while to begin the steps, like contact your GP. But I went through and I, you know, of course, I got more than four ticks, which was interesting. Um, but it was also just interesting to do that test. So I bet you there's a lot of things out uh, online that you can find to just be like, is this... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Should this be something that I flag? I, I should think about. Yeah, yeah or flag yeah. with myself. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, Alison, for your advice. That's brilliant. And uh, go away and have a and have a have a look if that's something you're like. Hang on a minute. I think that sounds like me. Um, <laughs> because I, from the people I know that have got a diagnosis, even if they're not taking the medication, it's been quite life changing to understand their where their brain works. I think that's also, you know, that's also a really helpful thing to have I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Sorry, Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. I'm not drinking double cream. What are you drinking? It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. I, oh. Sorry, <laughs> Alison, let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. <laughs> OK, well, it's that time where we find out what have we been viewing with our ears and noses and our eyeballs. Well, I've been watching a documentary on Netflix called Wham!, Oh, what's it about, Maureen? Weirdly, it's about Wham. And I really, oh. really, really liked it. I really would recommend it. And you have basically George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. You can hear them talking about it. And I think what's so nice about it is a real pie into um, 
to friendship. It's all, you really get, uh, they come across as really nice men. They were inseparable from the age of 12. Um, Andrew originally looked after um, George Michael because he was new to the school and he was very shy. And it was Andrew Ridgely, he was like the really flash one. And what you get across is that Andrew Ridgely is a really lovely guy, um, acting with a lot of decency and decorum and dignity, and doesn't seem to have much of an ego, which is 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 weird. I I would really, I mean, this isn't in the documentary, but apparently um, George Michael made him a co-writer on Careless Whispers, even though he didn't write any of it, because he turned around and said, this is going to be a big hit, and if I put you as a co-writer, you will never have to worry about money again. Oh. I mean, that's a, a very lovely thing to do. And um, so they both start off, and people know Wham, obviously, they both start off, uh, and um, they're both writing, and they're both, you know, performing. And then it becomes really clear that George Michael's the better songwriter, so he's like, I'll just do the songwriting. And they had one conversation about it, and Andrew went, yeah, that's fine. I mean, that that takes that must be quite, you know, the, 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 most times an ego would get in the way and go, hang on a minute. Then George starts producing because he's good at producing. Andrew's fine about that. Then he starts doing his own records. Andrew's fine about that. And you see um, at Live Aid, George Michael's singing with Elton John and Andrew Ridgely is, is one of the backing singers. And, I, you know, a lot of people would get really miffed at that scenario. And he's, you know, he's, he's OK about it. And George Michael decides he needs to go his own way. He's fine about it. And you just think that's a really, that's very unusual, that scenario where there wouldn't be a lot of aggro. Do you know what I mean? And then they go their separate ways and they've been friends since they were 12. It also discusses his sexuality. He was thinking of coming out and his and him and Shirley, he's, he's married to um, Martin Kemp, isn't it? Um, said don't, because he had obviously had a very domineering Greek fa Greek Cypriot father and wouldn't have appreciated that. And so you, you get the feeling that he, he was using his music as a way of, of getting validation because he couldn't really mm. be himself. And what's also interesting is the way they were treated by the music industry. He thought they were a bunch of idiots, were very dismissive of them. You know, it's a bit like, you know, about, about, like club comics, like people look down on club comics and you're like, it's a skill, mate. I go in a room, nobody knows who the hell I am and I've got them laughing for 20 minutes and paying attention. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that thing that they look down on people producing pop. And what's interesting, the only person that actually speaks up for them is Elton John. And you catch him back in the 80s saying, all those people that have taken the mick out of him, you won't hear from them in a few years, but you will hear of George Michael. He goes, I've been in the business long enough to know that. And you think, spot on, spot on. I would, yeah. um, I'd really, I, I would go and watch it. It's such, a, it's such an endearing um, documentary. And you just think, what, you know, two great friends, two lovely men. I, um, I really, really liked it. It's on, it's on um, net, net. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, but also you get, you get they got, got screwed over. They got screwed over at the beginning when they got they did a stupid contract that like lots of musicians do, and they were getting four percent royalties on their records, four percent in the UK and two percent worldwide, and they were doing a massive tour. They weren't getting any, you know, so they got screwed over, which is kind of I think normal for a lot of record companies, but um, for people who do records, don't they, when they first sign up? But I really enjoyed it. Are you one fans? You guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge George Michael fan. I, I, I've, 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 I love him. Um, when, when Wham! were out and I was a kid, um, I wasn't, I probably wasn't, but then I was just one of those kids that I never, if there was a band that all the girls liked, I was like, no, that's not for me. Also, the song Wham! Bam! I Am A Man. I was like, no, that's not for me, that one. Oh, I forgot. But, the um, Sorry. Yeah. Go on, Jen. Um, this documentary, I think, is um, based on, I don't know if it is based, but it sounds like it's, it's partially based on that book that Andrew Ridgely... Um, oh, it might be. I tell uh, you what's also interesting is Top of the Pops, which Alison, in, in, in early days, that was like the only time you saw pop music on the TV. I know young people won't believe it, yeah. but that was the only time, there was like half an hour, once a week, I think it was on a Thursday, you got to watch pop. And their records, they weren't, they weren't really selling. Their, their singles weren't going anywhere. And they got the call to go on top of the pops and that changed everything for them. That one appearance on a... On, what song did they do? What did they do uh, on top of the pops? I think it was... It wasn't what... Oh, I can't remember. They show it on the... I only watched the documentary the other day. But it, I think it was their second song, not the first one. Not, it wasn't, so it wasn't the wham rap thing. It was another one. And, it, and that just shows you what Top of the Pops could have done in those days. Um, wow. You don't have a medium like that really now. But, yeah, so that was it. 
Were you a Wham fan, Alison? Are you kidding? Absolutely. I mean, they were just always around. Like I even like Jen said, like even as a child, I don't know if I was like, oh, I'm a fan. But like I remember Wham uh, and Careless Whisper. I mean, will forever be inside my heart. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that song just still to this day is one of the most moving songs yeah. that I, I mean, it's amazing. So yeah, absolutely. And that was the first song he produced. He got a really famous Aretha Franklin's producer to produce wow. it. Didn't like the production and he, he produced it himself. Amazing. Wow. I mean, he was a yeah. very talented man. I mean, great songwriter. just, an inc- just a, like an incredibly talented man. And it's just so dreadful that he had such a hard time coming out and, you know, he lost his mom early, and and wasn't he kind to people? I heard he, oh, was, he was very generous. Very generous. Yeah, there's that story, isn't there? That um, with the waitress. Well, I I don't I know that one, but I've also got another one for you. So on, I think oh. it was on BBC News or something. There was a couple, and they were talking about how they were trying for children. They've been trying for a really long time, <laughs> and um and and they they couldn't they they didn't they couldn't afford IVF or they'd been doing IVF or whatever and, and they'd run out of money, and he wrote to the BBC and went here's um a, a chunk of money, uh, give it to this couple and I hope that they are successful and get pregnant. Please, under no circumstances are you to tell them it's from me. I do not want them to know. So um they they gave the, whoever this BBC producer is handed the money over to this couple. They got pregnant. And then when they got pregnant, this BBC producer said, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but the money came from George Michael, and I think they named their son after him. Oh. Because he helped a student nurse, didn't he? He gave her all the money for her course. Well, he did. she was talking. He did yeah. that big, he, do you remember that big, um, uh, uh, he did that big gig, didn't he, at Wembley? For the nurses. And it was for the nurses, and he didn't charge, no one, he did it for free. Wow. So he paid to put on a show for, um, uh, for nurses. It was, a, it was a lovely, it was just a lovely I, guy. I think you forget, I mean, I did actually realise, to be honest, I didn't forget how homophobic it was in the 80s. I only realised how homophobic oh. it was when I watched Pride. Because obviously being straight, it never affected me. And you're like, you forget how unacceptable it was to be gay. Just In the 90s. Happened. In yeah. the 90s it was. I mean, when I was a, you couldn't have come out when I was a teenager. It was, it was like literally like admitting that, you know, you had the plague or something. You couldn't do it. His career would have been social pariah. Social pariah. Let alone ten years earlier. And you know, anyway, he was. Um, you know, he did. He he did. So, look, it's so sad that he died, uh, and the way he died as well. But wow, what a legacy! And yeah, he's much missed, isn't he? But I think that's a great um, recommendation, Maureen. Thank you for that. And and uh, how many? Um, Episodes, is it? It's just the one episode. Oh, is it? Is it? It's Amazing. like a movie. Because Wham were only around for four years. When right. you think about it. What? That's crazy, isn't it? Wham was only around for four, four years. Wow. And then he went. He and then George Michael his, went. Because and... yeah, Careless okay. Whispers wasn't a Wham song. It was actually. No, he, you're right. He, he took it out. Is... He, he recorded it while Wham was still going. Um, but that was his first. First solo record. I mean, what a solo record to have. Wow. What a talent. What an wow. absolute. What an absolute dynamo. Um, Maureen, thank you for that. Um, I will check that out. That's right up my alley and uh, and weirdly also right up Chloe's alley. It's very hard to get that Venn diagram to <laughs> You've got a doc for the two of you. Well done. That's a Venn diagram that's come together. We've literally, <laughs> when two become one, that's what we've done. Look how I managed to put in another reference. girl band in there. Reference there. You're welcome. Really well done. What have you been watching, Jen? Um, I watched The Change which is Bridget Christie's... Um... Oh, yes, I watched some of it with you, didn't I? Yes, you did. Uh, it's good. a six-part series on Channel 4. It is... Um, it's. I wouldn't call it a sitcom. It's not a sitcom. It's like a comedy drama. Uh, it's six half-an-hour episodes, and it is really great. It, it, if you go into it as an... It's, it's, it's a, like a narrative comedy drama. Do not go into it thinking that this is a sitcom because... It's whilst it is very funny, it's it's a story. And I said to because I saw Bridget on Sunday and I said to her, I'm watching your show is a bit like watching a movie. And she went, yeah, that's how I wrote it. I wrote it like in one long sort of one long sort of show, which was then edited into six parts. 
Um, and it has uh, Lisa Tarbuck in it, who plays her sister. Omid Jalili plays her husband. Paul Whitehouse, who plays some odd pervy bloke in the ta- <laughs> in the Forest of Dean. Um, and uh, oh, and there's a couple of... I think uh, it's got... Um, Susan it's got? Lynch. It's got Tanya Moody is, is in it as Joy. And who else is in it? Is it Susan I've, Lynch is one of the, those Oh, sorry, sisters. yes, Susan Lynch is in it. You're right. And and also Monica Dolan as well. Um, so it's got a great um, cast of, 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 um, of people. And the way it's filmed, I think it's shot... There's, there's her... Old, so basically the story is she plays... Um, I think the character is called Linda and she's basically hits the menopause and then has a sort of, I guess, an existential breakdown where she realizes that her life isn't where she wants it to be her kids are teenagers have got older she's her husband like her life is like just drudge and so she dusts off her triumph motorbike and she goes on a pilgrimage back to the forest of dean where she used to go as a child on holiday to find a box that she's squirreled away in a tree um and in that box she's got uh, it's like a what do you call it when it's like a time capsule that's it so she's sort of this time capsule and she really wants to go back and and sort of just have some time away to think and and just recalibrate herself and find out what it is that she actually wants from her life like she's like you know this is it uh and so then um you see the way it's shot the way they've i don't know the way they've sort of filtered it like put the camera um or edited it there's very different colours and the sh- it's shot very differently when she's at home with her family and with her husband. And then when she leaves to go away to the Forest of Dean, the colours change and the sort of the the way the camera lenses, that changes. So it's sort of like a more like a widescreen. Does that make sense? Uh, so it's got a more filmic kind of vibe to it. The, um, the grain of it, of the of the colors that they use has this sort of almost 70s vibe to it so it kind of it has a sort of um retro uh um like it sort of reminds you of a different time like i I guess if you're somebody like in our age in our 40s we can remember you know like everything is so high definition and everything is is so sort of pinprick perfect but when we used to watch television it was always a bit grainy it was always a little bit sort of and I kind of miss that I like that because it gave it that filmic quality and it's sort of shot like that um and then you see her journey she get, takes this rents out this caravan in the forest of Dean where she's <laughs> surrounded by eccentric people and it's about this woman's journey of finding and who, who who really knows what she's looking for or what she's really trying to find within herself. Uh, and the six episodes kind of covers that. I've still got like one episode to watch. I haven't seen the very final episode. Um, anyway, and there's other stuff going on, which we won't get into because we'll only spoil it. But um, I, yeah, I'd recommend it. It's on Channel 4. All six episodes are available now on uh, all four. Um, and Bridget Christie is so watchable. She created it. She wrote it. It was eight years in the making. These things don't happen overnight. It's 20 years in the making, given how long she's been doing stand-up, trying to get things away. And I'm absolutely delighted for her that she got the change away because it's brilliant. And, yeah, just go ahead and, and, and watch that. Um, big recommendation there. Alison, what about you, horror-wise? Well, I will keep it brief, everyone. Here's what I found out about horror movies. Did you know that a lot of people with ADHD are actually drawn to horror movies? Yeah, this was an interesting thing that I learned because I was like, horror movies, ADHD. And all I could find was like all this research that shows because uh, it's a helpful distraction. Uh, the, your anxiety gets validated or normalized, which in some cases helps people to deal with their anxiety. There's a sense of control because you are watching the movie. You are, you know, so you can, um, exposure therapy, they say kind of helps with the anxiety. Now, this is in a lot of cases. There are some people that it's the opposite. It brings up too much anxiety. It does all this, but there was a lot of research to show that a lot of people with it are drawn to horror movies, which I was like, oh my God, that explains a lot again. 
Um, so again, some people it can like amp it up, but in a lot of people they're showing that you're drawn to horror movies because of the, the adrenaline kick that it gives you. And it's more of a regulated anxiety and adrenaline kick. Anyway, very interesting. And I Googled (laughs) best horror movies for ADHD people. And there are several lists out there, but the one movie that kept coming up that I'm going to recommend the original one with the young, dreamy Russell, Russell Kurt. Yeah, it's Russell Kurt. I'm saying it right. The Thing? Oh, The Thing. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. That's a, a G oldie. You mean Kurt Russell. Kurt Thank Russell. Thank you. Russell Kurt. <laughs> Russell Kurt. Keep it in. Do you know what's with... great about that, Kurt Alison? Russell. You said Russell Kurt, and I knew you meant Kurt Russell, yeah. and I didn't correct you because I went, that sounds right, Russell Kurt. <laughs> yeah, that sounds Kurt right. Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell, Russell Kurt. is better known than Russell Kurt. Yeah. I, no one knows who Russell Kurt is, but in my head I went, I, I heard Kurt Russell, as you said, Russell yeah, Kurt. Russell yeah, Russell Kurt guy. Russell, Kurt Russell. Uh, young, dreamy. Oh, his eyes. Come on. But it's a, it's a great horror film if you can get over the cheesy kind of like effects. But I mean, hey, suspend your disbelief just a little bit. It is ridiculous. But The Thing is a classic. Uh, it's, not, it's not too bloody gory. Uh, it's basically uh, an alien takes on identities of of thing of dogs people and it's just a matter of like finding the thing killing the thing before the thing it's in it's in winter it's in a like a, a winter a alaskan um research facility way out in the middle of nowhere uh it it's a great movie there is a remake you can watch I, the remake but i enjoyed the original yeah i've watched the remake um yeah and <laughs> I can just see Alex, Alex is, is like going. absolutely the not the original. The remake isn't good, yeah. <laughs> so I would watch the original as well. I was gonna, I was gonna, I, I, I thought for a second, Alex, you were gonna go, oh yeah, remake's great. I was like, Rrr. no, yeah, the no. original is better. Yeah. And actually, you know, I, I still think it's pretty. I mean, I watched it such a long time ago. I think I was a teenager when I watched the original. So, yeah. so forgive me, but I remember thinking it's pretty scary. Yeah. Honestly, for when it was made and the effects that they had, what they did with that movie. Yeah, maybe the effects now might look a bit. But again, just suspend your disbelief a little bit. Yes, he looks like he's made of plasticine, (laughs) but that is fine. There are some episodes where the alien, you know, it looks ridiculous. But you just suspend that, right? It makes it easier to take in because you're like, that's an alien, hey? It's like Jaws, isn't it? Jaws is a brilliant movie, but that's clearly not a real shark. I know, but the best bit of Jaws is when you don't see the shark. And you know what's beautiful about Jaws? You were supposed to you were supposed to see that shark a lot more, but the damn thing wouldn't work most of the time. So it worked so better. That's, yeah, that, better. Actually, that's going to come from my cultural corner. Sometimes when things like that happen, it makes you more creative and you, it actually works. Yeah. Yeah. For you. Which is a great segue. <laughs> yes, yes, it is, actually. Well done. Uh, Alison, thank you very much for your horror recommendation. Maureen Younger has a corner. It hasn't been cultured for one whole week. Call the doctor. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. (laughs) (laughs) My one, my cultural corner today is Shakespeare. Brush up your Shakespeare. um, Who's credited with inventing or introducing 1,700 words to the English language. A lot oh, of them we still use wow, today. Amy, that's wild. There's a very good thing. I think it's by Bernard Levin, where he just puts a load of phrases up that Shakespeare invented, and you're like, or oh, he first time it's recorded in English language. I bite my thumb at thee. Or host, hoisted by my petard, and something like that. Uh, and, and the problem is, people get put off because we use that a um, lot these days. Those plays, you do get that. You can say that today. What hoist my what? His own petard. Yeah. I've literally never heard anyone. I've never, never heard, heard that before. It. I've hoisted my yeah. own petard. No, he was hoisted by his own petard. Anyway. I don't even know what a petard is. It doesn't really matter. Um, oh, but what does it mean? No, I want to know, Maureen. What does that, what does that mean? It's like when you, get, you, do, you do yourself over. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Great. Um, anyway, Shakespeare, I think some people get put off because, you know, the plays weren't meant to be read. They're meant to be seen. And Shakespeare knew how to put on a play. I mean, obviously there's bad productions. People don't have to speak verse. But, you know, when Shakespeare was around, there was, I think, 20 theatres in London, population of 200,000. There were no American tourists who must go and fill up the West End today. So you had to know how to write a play. So he's, they're usually fast. They're fast moving. They've got a bit of comedy in them, a bit of tragedy, you know, a lot of sword fighting. You know, they're, they're great. If done properly, they're great, great plays. I would suggest The Comedy of Errors for somebody because um, it's basically a farce. Um, 
Love's Labour's Lost, leave it because it's full of 16th century poems, which even if you understand them, are no longer funny. And don't get put off by the language. One, the best Romeo and Juliet I ever saw was at the Globe by a Brazilian theatre company. So it was in Portuguese. I do not speak a word of Portuguese. Well, I speak two words of Portuguese. And it, and they had a massive Volvo on the stage. I remember that. And um, and Juliet... Did you say massive Volvo? A Volvo. 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 Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, hang on, hang on. Volvo. <laughs> and uh, I just remember Juliet was a, was a, like a, dressed as a ballerina. And she stabbed herself with a, a leaf as she pirouetted. And I was in tears. It was one of the most moving Romeo and Juliets I've ever seen. So the, don't let the language put it off because if it's a good production, you will you will get the gist. Um, I was going to just suggest some plays that, if you rather than read the book, some some TV or film ad- adaptations which might be of interest. Um, Hamlet. This is a Russian version. Hamlet in Russian is Gamlet because H doesn't exist in Russian, which is why Hitler is Gitler, which does sound quite funny for a British ear. But there's a great 1964 film um, based on a translation by Boris Pasternak, who himself was a great poet, directed by Grigory uh, Kozinetsov, who was very important in Soviet cinema in the early days of Soviet cinema. And the I'm going to try and pronounce his name, even though I speak Russian, it's quite a mouthful. Inokenty Smoktunovsky as Prince Hamlet. And he's regarded as probably the best Hamlet on film. And it's very beautifully shot, black and white, very atmospheric, um, great cinematography. So that's a really good one to watch. Orson Welles was a great Shakespeare fan. So he did Macbeth, Othello and Chimes at Midnight. And Chimes at Midnight, he's basically following the, the actor-manager tradition, which they did in the 18th century of, He's putting amalgamating stuff together. He's playing full stuff in this, and it's all the head of the sixth plays. Um, and what you were saying, so when he did uh, Othello, he didn't have much money, and he didn't have money for costumes, so he decided to film one of the scenes in a Turkish baths because you didn't need costumes. But it works really, really well. So it's that thing of, you know, you're, you're being forced to be creative and coming up with things. Uh, another favourite film of mine is, Jay, is Julius Caesar from 1953, and that's Joseph L. Mankiewicz's Hollywood version. You've got a really great cast. You've got John Gilgood, James Mason, Deborah Kerr, and Marlon Brando as Mark Antony. Yeah, it is quite a lot. And James Mason's in it. I love James Mason. Now, this is a... I haven't been able to get hold of this, but this seems really interesting. This is a fellow from 1989. It's a TV recording of a stage production directed by Janet Suzman, who herself is a fantastic actress. And it's set in South Africa. So you've got a fellow, which is all about race, and he, she set in Africa uh, during apartheid, um, and it was it was caused quite a sensation. And that that would be a really interesting Othello to watch. Who was Othello? Oh, John Carney. John Carney. Who's John Carney? He's a South African black actor. Oh God, thank God, he's a black actor. I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> yeah. setting a, a a a play during apartheid, and then a white guy playing a black no, no, no. Man would be it's, like, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no. And so you can imagine the, you know, it became very relevant. This is why Shakespeare works, because, you know, human beings haven't changed. You know, a lot of the stuff that he brings up is we're still dealing with today. Um, Kenneth Branagh obviously did a lot of Shakespeare films. You like Kenneth Branagh. Much Ado About Nothing is quite a good one with him and Emma Thompson. I think Keanu Reeves is in it and um, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. And I also liked his Henry Kate Beckinsale. Huh? Is it Kate Beckinsale? I can't remember. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Uh, then there's the... 1996 Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, that's the one that, I mean, you know. That's very clever because he has the guns called swords and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's and it's it's a brilliant, brilliant version. And, of course, Olivier, you can't, can't really do Shakespeare without Olivier. There's Richard III, which is a very good Olivier. There's Henry V. And then the last one is Throne of Blood, which I haven't seen, but also sounds very interesting, from 1957. And it's Kurosawa's interpretation of Macbeth. And he reimagines the story as a samurai epic. Which sounds really interesting. Yes. So, you, check, you know, check some of those films out. I mean, Shakespeare is done in the right hands. Shakespeare is a, it's a fantastic... You know, he's, he's the most famous playwright ever. There's a reason for that, you know. Not just in Britain, but around the world. You know, the Germans yeah. choke that Goethe, who's their most famous playwright, is the second greatest German playwright after Shakespeare. It's a German joke. It's not necessarily that funny. But, you know, he is... It's just avoid bad productions if you can. But those are some examples which might give you a taste of Mr William Shakespeare. Yes, and they're all great. I think there's also another... There's Twelfth Night, isn't it? I think Kenneth Branagh did that as well. Yes. It was also that's another in, TV I think that's set in Japan. Is it? Reason. I don't remember that. 
I don't remember it being Sesame Street. Sesame Street is it. really good. I like watched that. it a long time ago. Um, yes, you can catch all of those. And also, you know, in the summer, there's always a production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, you know somewhere. What? Even a bad production of Midsummer Night's Dream is always okay. Yeah. It's such a fun play. It and um, actually, I think the last time I saw it was at the Regent's Park Open. Oh, was it? And it was really fun. Oh. So enjoyed it. I, I think I the play saw... within a play gets me every time. I always yeah. find that to be hilarious. Yeah, I think I saw Much Ado About Nothing at Regent's Park and they had the two officers as um, Mannering and um, Wilson from Dad's Army. Oh, wow. That would have been it was quite. It was really ago. quite. It was really quite funny. But, the, but you know, talking about, I remember I used to work at the theatre museum, which sadly no longer exists, and we had a group of kids from really rough school, and I thought, oh, they're going to be fun. But actually, they were really nice. So we gave them a Shakespeare workshop as an extra treat, and they were like 14, 15 year old lads from South London. They were like, you could see they weren't interested. But we showed them the bottom and Tatiana, uh, Tatiana scene from. It's not Tatiana. To take what's it? What's that? Tati- Isn't it? I, I played her in a production. I can't remember. Titania? Titania. I, I thought it was. I thought what yeah, you said Titania. was right. We showed the bottom and Titania scene in, um, from, it was, uh, from uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. And it was really funny because at first they were slumped. You could see them thinking, this Shakespeare's going to be shit. And then they realised it's all about sex. And you could just see their backs sitting up straight as they realised that they were just watching <laughs> a sex scene. Yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of that in Shakespeare. Um, Maureen, thank you very much for your cultural corner. Do go away and explore Shakespeare. There's loads of productions that are worth uh, seeing um, on your screen if you can't afford, because theatre can be very expensive. Excellent choices. Excellent. I, I personally love the uh, Romeo and Juliet. But listen, we've been cultured. We've discussed things. We've talked about ADHD. But now, now we've got some goats that need to get got. Uh, Jen, what the hell's getting your goat? Don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, okay? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And do you know who I blame? Society. (laughs) I feel like we're bookending this show with goats, aren't we? We started with a goat, um, and now I guess we're going to end with one. Um, (laughs) I am aware that as this podcast progresses, I just seem to become grumpier. I think it's because no. I'm just really tired. Um, I My goat is people, but particularly men, who when they walk past me and they want to get past, rather than saying, excuse me, I'm just, could I get past? They hold on to my shoulders, mm-hmm. physically move me to one side and walk past. No. Who the hell did Has that? Has that never happened to you? No. Because that's happened to me a couple of times where I've been like, some guy's taken my shoulders and just gone, moved me, and then gone, yes, as if I, I'm trying to get through and you're in my way. And I'm like, would you like to use your voice? Um, oh yeah, the last time that happened was uh, at Glastonbury and I, I, I lost my shit. I said, if you touch me again, I'll fucking break your legs, mate. Which is absolutely hyperbole because I couldn't break anyone's legs. Um, <laughs> But I, I was like so cross that this guy had touched me. Yes. I don't like being touched by anyone. Just heads up, okay? Um, but a strange guy to move me out of the way. I was like, I read like the rage I felt was like the kind of rage I felt before I was on HRT. It was like zero to gonna fucking. If I had a baseball bat, I'd have smashed your face in. I couldn't believe it. The gall of this guy the entitlement of him to do that um and um i completely forgot that that happened um and then i just remembered it recently and i was like oh yeah that really annoyed me uh and i was with who was i with i think i was with kerry godlyman at the time and i told her what happened and she was like what a prick and i was like i know really really annoying very upsetting oh. but you know that's what got my goat that was and, 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 and i think it's yeah. happened to me a couple of times on the tube, you know, when people are like, want to get past you on a tube rather than saying, excuse me, if they just like, they just sort of move you, just like sort of shove you out of the way. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't handle that. Ugh, I, I can't I'm too heavy that. for anyone to try that. Good, Maureen. Good. <laughs> They'd be like, you stand your bloody ground. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Um, yeah, that got my goat. And it's so, so, things like that. There's been a few things. I don't want to go on a man rant, okay? It's not, you know, 
present company accepted, Alex, obviously, and our and our WTB, the very few male the WTB male listeners, listeners that we have. Yeah, Anthony, Adam, yeah, Dave, I think. <laughs> Dave, yeah, not <laughs> you. Yeah, not, not you. No, you guys are not. not you. Yeah, not you. But some really annoying contact and interaction with men in the in the last uh, seven to fourteen days, which has really, really doubled down on my lesbianism. Like, like really <laughs> cubed it. If there was any question, I mean, not that there was ever, yeah. a, not that there was a question. <laughs> it was there was no question. Maybe, Ma- no, no. But no. literally, I was like, I just don't know how straight women you manage this. It's just impossible. We tell ourselves I mean, we're in love. What a disappointing group of people that you have to that you have to pretend to like. Ugh. Anyway, that's got that's what got my goat. Uh, just it, just in actually thinking that's made me think of a couple of other goats that I can include for the next couple of episodes. Um, oh, wonderful! Um, I, yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I, I literally just and all, all all interactions with men. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> ah, we just cackle afterwards. <laughs> Listen, do you know what? Good. We can laugh at each other. We're not having to pretend to laugh at some bloke's jokes we didn't find funny in the fucking first place. <laughs> Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTB, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Or you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.